This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, sis, auntie, girl, mama, we get into the politics of black labels and who can call who what. Then the black celebrities trying to sabotage the election and Tu Siempre Negrita del Bronx reminds us that black girl erasure is the same in English and in my bad Spanish. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. And we're black. All the motherfucking time. Ow, how are you? I am beginning menstruation, so I'm as good as you can be on Mm. the first day of menstruation. Okay. All right. Come through, period. I'll be joining you later this week. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Delights. Delights. Spot is empty. Spot is empty. Ow. (laughs) I'm doing well, except as soon as we decided to record. As um, soon. As soon as we started, one of my neighbors, I guess they're doing construction. And I think it's in another building. I don't think it's in my building. I think it's like the building. Right next to you, right? Yeah, right, right there. My window is pressed up against it. So just a heads up, um, there will be periods where you all will hear that. Welcome to New York, motherfuckers. (laughs) Where we don't play. And all the time it's getting shot like every day. Remember that song? Yes, I do. So hopefully it's not too distracting or super duper loud. And I'm sure Sam will edit out as much as uh, she can. But mostly while I'm talking, as long as that thing is going, you'll probably hear it. So, uh, Zai. Welcome Welcome to to Tea with with Queen and Jay. Jay. We We are two two womanist race nerds talking talking shit shit over tea, dismantling dismantling white white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And And this this is Tea with with Queen and Jay. Ew. Well, that felt good. I needed Mm -hmm. that. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. We love when you use it on all the social meds. Another hashtag you can use is pod in, and that allows other listeners on that hashtag find Tea with Queen and J. Make sure you're following us on social media. Like, do that, please. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Tea with QJ. We are also on the Tumblr and Facebook. Just search for Tea with Queen and J and follow us there there send us t-mail we love when you send us t-mail questions comments silly things serious things we love when you send us those emails and you can do that by hitting us up at t with queen and j at gmail.com every episode we pour libations for the people places and things giving us black ass a black joy queen what are you pouring libations for this week i am pouring libations for waffles and my yes. new waffle maker. On my birthday registry, I had a waffle maker on it because I love waffles. Mm-hmm. I am not a pancake person. I don't know why I like right. those things. They're not gross, but I don't prefer them. But I never had a waffle maker. And frozen waffles, I don't like them either. Okay. <laughs> so I finally got my waffle maker and I'll be making waffles in here like crazy. Like that's like my munchie food. Like Mm-hmm. smoke a spliff and then I'm like waffles <laughs> then I eat man waffles do you make a waffle every day not every day but there's times mm-hmm. when I'm in here and I'm like like I'm like I want something sweet I don't have snacks <gasps> waffle and then I make do you waffles. put a lot of sugar in your waffles Mm-mm. 
Okay. No, but syrup. You put syrup on waffles. Right. You put sugar on top of it. Yeah. That's my thing. I'm loving the waffles. I love having a waffle maker. They're so easy to fucking use. Um, My waffles are looking cute now. At first, it was like, where is this waffle? But now they're looking mad cute and big and fluffy and shit like that. So libations to waffles, my new go-to comfort food when I'm in the house. So that is my libation. What is your libation today? I want to pour libations for my new Keurig. It's still in the box, but I'm super excited about it. I think I'm so used to, I am used to not having things. So sometimes I'll be in here like, oh, you know what I wish I had? I wish I had coffee. I wish there was a way that I could get (laughs) coffee here in my home. Okay. I went through that a lot. I could have been bought a Keurig. You could have been bought one. I bought a small, tiny one, but mm-hmm. I could have been bought a Keurig, some version of a cute coffee maker yeah. or whatever the fuck. I'm not somebody who has to. I'm sure if I was somebody who had to have a cup of coffee every day, I probably would have done this already. Yeah. But in terms of things that are considered to me like to be like a luxury item, even uh-huh. though I just bought like a fucking K mini single like cup Keurig situation it wasn't Mm -hmm. super expensive but things that in my mind I might consider to be a luxury item I rarely think to purchase those things for myself yeah so I was like yo you've been thinking about having coffee you buy coffee outside because you like it yeah you do get a freaking Keurig so yeah so I got a Keurig it's still in the box but I'm mad excited it's a pretty color what color is it and it's like a blue like a cute blue i don't know what kind of blue but it's a cute blue gotcha yeah like a blue green a cute blue green Mm -hmm. because those don't always come in cute but like a cute blue green so i'm super excited about it i feel luxurious i'm gonna take it out the box soon just so i can make sure that it works she's gonna take it out in november guys that's how that's usually what i do but i should take it out now just to make sure everything (laughs) is in working order and shit so yeah so libations to so i'm happy you got your keurig and you get to have your coffee in the house especially (laughs) since we should be in the house anyway and right while risk your life for coffee exactly yeah exactly so your girl is excited your girl is excited normally at this part of the show we talk about how you can support tea with queen and j podcast but we don't want to forget that there are still people protesting in the streets mm-hmm. there's still people movement building and working towards equal personhood for black lives working towards defunding the motherfucking police and all kinds of important shit and important work that needs to be done just because you don't see it happening across your timeline doesn't mean it's not still going on so if you look in our show notes there is a link where you can find bailout funds petition lists different organizations that you can donate it goes state by state Mm -hmm. so you can check out that link see how you can get involved if you have not currently been involved in supporting protesters on the ground or activists or movement workers throughout our country yeah us in particular so um yeah so check that out make sure you are involved in some way do like some personal inventory on like what have you been doing what role have you been playing in making sure that we're all free definitely then once you've done that shit you can support tea with queen and jay podcast of course we know that we are still living in a global pandemic 
motherfuckers are still quarantining motherfuckers are still protesting in the streets so if you find that you cannot financially support tv with queen j podcast there are a lot of other ways to support us so we're going to share how you can support us both monetarily and non-monetarily right so you can donate to tv with queen and j by going to our website tvwithqueenandj.com sliding down on our homepage and there is where we have two options two our first option is our PayPal option and that is where you can put however much you want however many times you want in the pot no commitment there and our second option is our Patreon option and that is where we are asking for $2 a month $2 you can give more or less that is up to you we like to give options here but yes two dollars is what we are asking for we also have direct links to paypal and our patron in our show notes if you just want to hop on over there and do that real quick we appreciate that as well we also appreciate non-monetary support and that shows up as you liking this podcast sharing this podcast telling a friend about this podcast rating and reviewing this podcast on apple Podcasts or whatever other app that you listen to us on are other ways that you can help tea with queen and jay continue to grow that's right if you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about podcasting about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism about dismantling white supremacy in the workplace about womanism black feminism black hair or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast Mm -hmm. or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team send us your t-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com if you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and J podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and J, email us at Tea with Queen and J at gmail.com. So we got some donation libations. Yes, I will get into that for us. We got some new PayPal. So thank you to Russell Alex of the AlexHardy.com. And Alex says, Thank you for making this whole ass world a little less terrible every week. You are smart. You is kind. You is important. Thank you, Alex, for that. Thank you always you, leave Alex. really good notes. And we got some new patrons. And thank you to Maya, Michelle, Damon, and Kayla. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for being down with us. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, we do bonus episodes mm-hmm. over there. So currently, I think that we have three. We have three. Three, up. yeah, three episodes already in the bag. If you have not already logged into Patreon, subscribed, and listened to that content, that is available for you. Mm-hmm. And we will be posting bonus episodes every month, yo. So. Yeah. Yep. Be sure to check that out. Or if you're like me and you are a Patreon subscriber and you don't check what your bonuses are because you just be like trying to support people and then going about your business, just a reminder, there's stuff in there for you. <laughs> Especially because yeah. we're new to stuff being in there. So you might not even right. think to look just for it. Just a reminder, it, we, we know, got is stuff in the Patreon There's stuff right in now, there for so y'all. We got some, some goodies in out. there. Check that out. All right. Are you ready to get into the motherfucking episode? Yeah, let's do that. There ain't no no place like home. I mean, no place, child. All right. So, girl, what kind of tea are you drinking today? I am drinking Earl Grey with mm-hmm. a little bit of caffeine because I am still a little bit high from last night. Because you got high. Some... Because you got high. I'm not saying it I had some weed tea last night and um, I was still feeling it when I got up. I took a shower. She was like, right. get yourself together. You slapped yourself in get the face. Get it together. Cut a cord. Get it together, girl. Come on. <laughs> Come on. 
So here I am. I'm drinking Earl Grey. It has a lot of caffeine. So. Okay. All right. What are you drinking? So another drug. Good job. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> It'll balance out. What are you drinking? I am drinking some chai tea infused with THC from Teas yeah. by G because I am menstruating and I like this tea from when I am menstruating because it calms down the cramps. So, right. yeah, that is what I am drinking this morning. What are your pronouns, Janicia? My pronouns are she, her, they, them. And aside from my pronouns, I am not a lady. What are your pronouns? She and her. And what are you affirming for yourself today? I am affirming a long life of abundance, health, wealth, sustainable, rewarding, and financially beneficial self-employment. Mm-hmm. I affirm I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid I am productive. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. Mm -hmm. I affirm my apartment is clean and organized. I affirm productive therapy. I affirm healthy romantic relationships and trauma-free living. And I affirm liberation and power to all the people. All the people. All All of them, yo. Yes, I love that. I really like that part of your affirmation. Thank you. Thank you so much. What are you affirming for yourself this week? I affirm that I'm a bad bitch. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that I am self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I also affirm that I am well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are fucking healthy. And that I will forever and always turn up on you hoes. Hoes is white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. Those is hoes. I will say yes only to activities that are healthy for my mind, body, and emotional well-being. I will courageously protect my happiness. I affirm... A safe, continued safe opening of New York City and other cities and towns around the world. Also, a healthy closure if that is necessary for where you are. We are all living in a pandemic and we all should try to do our parts to, you know, not kill other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, not kill other people, not infect other people. Because even if you survive this, your your life has changed. Like you're going to have ongoing medical Facts. things. And I also affirm for everyone who is engage with this podcast who listens to this podcast only if you listen to this podcast now i'm joking i want this for everyone but still a bundles still a fruitful 2020 still you can still manifest the things that you need to fulfill you for this year there's still more year left there's still more time for you to get whatever you need abundantly so i affirm that you will get whatever that is for you yes facts i like those i like that affirmation for all of us yo i receive it fucking receive it so i think amongst black people there are a few conversations that are recurring okay right there are a few conversations that are never gonna go away okay. that we're gonna always have to revisit you are and right. we're always gonna have to talk about again mm-hmm. i think what is so colorism that's an ongoing conversation yes. that's always gonna, always gonna go come on. up that we're always gonna have to revisit what exactly is a black person <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about that all the what time what is a black what who is black who is not black like that's a, an evergreen conversation yes, that's gonna cycle is. we're gonna have that conversation constantly yeah, yeah. uh what else do you think is is one that's always that's uh, recurring your anti-black americanness needs to chill the fuck out that's always an that conversation yes that yes resurfaces. any kind of like dias- diaspora wars or whatever yeah, yeah that's that's gonna up. be constantly coming up and the conversation about auntie the term auntie <laughs> is it okay 
Is it not okay? Is it not okay? Is it offensive? Who should say it? Who shouldn't say it? Who's an auntie? Who's not an auntie? Should we be using that term at all? What does it mean? That's another thing that's recurring. Like, what do certain words mean? Mm -hmm. What does language mean? Especially since language is, like, ever-evolving. So we've talked about this on a podcast. I want to say, like, officially at least three times, but it's come up in different episodes. So friends of the show sent us a message about the term auntie especially since it's something that we talk about i think that as black women this is central and relevant to us because we are the people who are called auntie yeah it was Um, in response to we had a patreon episode and auntie was in one of the titles yes we did a bonus patreon episode we talked about andrew gillum and the interview that he did with tamron hall regarding uh the incident Regarding the scandal that he was involved in, um, he was found in a hotel room in Florida. During that interview, he came out as bisexual. bisexual. And from that interview, from that conversation, the auntie conversation in particular came about from that morning show that, who was it? Lisa Ray, Vivica Lisa, Fox, Selena, Selena Johnson, Johnson, and is her name Jordan something? Claudia? Claudia Jordan. Okay, right. Yes. yes. Yes, I don't know what the show is called, but... Something with Queens. It's like Queens in the title, because... Okay, all right. But they were saying saying a lot of problematic stuff. Mm -hmm. They were saying things that... And not all all older black women, but they were saying things that a certain demographic of older black women are comfortable saying. I have also heard younger black women say it. I have also heard certain demographics of black Christian folks say that, regardless of how old they are, whatever. It was Mm -hmm. just ignorant. It was just ignorant, and it was we very 1998. Very 1998. I'm strictly dickly over here, like who's, who's all of that, that kind of like weird <laughs> shit. So we talked about on, that on the bonus episode. Oh, and I was saying, I was talking about certain aunties and how they don't need to have the internet, right? Um, <laughs> you did say that. I did say that. I was joking. It was more nuanced when I said it in the episode, but that's just basically a meltdown of like yeah. what. I had said during the episode. Okay. So Lisa says, and this is the homie Lisa of Black Women Stitch podcast. So be sure to check that out. And if you are a black woman who stitches, sews, all that shit, she has a really good social media presence. So be sure to check out Black Women Stitch on Instagram. Yeah. Lisa says, I struggle a lot with the term auntie. I recall the episode y'all did on this a while back. For anybody who wants to listen, uh, we actually did two episodes on that. I'll put timestamps in the show notes, but it's episode 211 and episode 212. So we talk about it on 211 and then we kind of revisit some of that conversation and clarify some of what we were saying on 212. But I'll put timestamps in the show notes so that you can skip ahead to when we discuss that if you want to check it out. Lisa says, two things that stood out to me about that. First was when Queen compared to be or not to be called an auntie to respecting someone's gender pronouns. The next was when Jay suggested that everyone could be an auntie, that it wasn't just about being older. These two concepts have stayed with me. One thing that I've stumbled upon in my thinking on this is the notion of sexual competition. It seems to me that the term auntie is a way to remove her from the field of sexual competition. So questions of patriarchy, aging, beauty standards, sexual marketplace, symbolic reverence versus practical respect are bundled together in that language. I also think about the trajectory of affinity terms that black women live under. Girl, baby girl, little sis, sis, sister girl, lady, mama, auntie, nana, grandma, etc. This linear progress seems marked by both respect and dismissal. 
I am admittedly also in my feelings about this issue, even though I am an amazing bad bitch who turned 50 this year. Happy Ow. birthday again, yo. Ow. Happen. This term auntie is just loaded for me. And then again, so is aging. And I hopefully have a long way to go. My Nana passed at the age of 104. I share all this in love and respect for you both, as I hope you know. Thank you for the Patreon content and for all that you do for the love of blackness. Thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing this with us. So we have received messages about this before. And yeah, thank you, Lisa, for sharing this. Queen, what are some of your thoughts on, on this at this stage? So I do still have the same relationship with the word auntie. Like if someone doesn't want to be called it, I'm not going to call them that. Like I'm going Mm -hmm. to respect what a person wants to be called. But I do see what she says about the dismissal piece because I do sometimes use auntie to dismiss. So not in like a harsh Mm -hmm. way. It's like my gentle way of being like, okay, girl. (laughs) Like, um, You know, and I do feel like within that Patreon episode, it was like, come on, aunties, like kind of like a little Mm because they were they were wilding. And I think that that was our. At least for me, my loving and endearing way to be like, come on now, like, you know, like or like my loving and endearing way to be like, you're still family because I'm calling you auntie, but you kind of like bugging right now. So I was like using this in this kind of nice dismissal because i don't think i have another way to lovingly do that but i do know for that patreon episode that it was used as an endearing way to dismiss the ideas that Mm. they were saying because i disagree with them so yeah i wasn't saying it to dismiss them but i was it was like my i guess like an endearing way for me to kind of like dismiss these things that were coming out of their mouth so i can see the instance of dismissal here and if maybe that's what you heard I can get you hearing that within that conversation because it was like, it was my way of being like, come on, girl, like, like mm. in that kind of way. But I've mm-hmm. never used it in a dismissal way to like clearly dismiss because auntie is still a word for me that means family, that means I care about you, that means that you mm-hmm. are a part of my community, that means, you know, like I don't, I'm not gonna say yeah. auntie to somebody who has, in my mind, I've excommunicated, that I've actually right. dismissed, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I can see that. I am trying to understand the sexual competition part. I've never thought about it in that way. I think because I don't remove, I guess, the sex from my auntie. I do remove the sex from my mom. Like, I don't, I still see aunties as like Mm -hmm. these sexual beings who can still, like, who still exist in that way. I think I do remove that from moms, Mm -hmm. though. So I'm probably not catching that piece of like what you said in. And what you wrote to us. Yeah. But what do you think, Jay? Well, just to address that point, I do see, I do think that there are people that use the term auntie to remove sexuality from whoever the subject is, whoever Mm -hmm. they're talking about. But Mm -hmm. I also think that that is a part of, um, and we're specifically talking about this in the context of black women. We know that other cultures use the term auntie, but we're specifically talking about in a black context, um, more specifically to us in a black American context. And by, by the, by when I say in a black American context, I really mean for any black person that is in America. Yes. Right. Because mm-hmm. when we're calling people auntie and we're talking about it, we're not thinking, are they black American? Are they, are they, Caribbean? Are they you know what I'm saying? Are we're not they, thinking about yeah. all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are a black person in the U S regardless of where you are from within the diaspora, you are yeah. subject to being called auntie by somebody. Cause yep. it is a cultural thing that we do, even though we all have different feelings about that because 
here in the U.S., we are a diasporic people. We're made up of a lot of different kinds of black people, different types of black people. So anyway, I do feel like because of misogynoir, there are people who use the term and do use it with the intent to remove the sexuality from the subject that they're that they're talking about or they already don't see that person mm-hmm. as a sexual being because they see them in this this um this position of service right so yeah. you are a black woman who as an older person you're here to provide me with wisdom you're here to provide me with comfort you're here to provide me with some kind of thing that is not a sexual thing Mm -hmm. in in any way right so i do believe that there are people that use the term that way Mm -hmm. i also feel like i feel like i feel like a lot of this has to do with misogynoir and like that unfortunately any word that means woman can be weaponized against us right yeah so i feel like the same way we come across people, we come across non-black people who are afraid to say black because to be black is a negative thing, period, to so many to so many people, right? Across the world, to be black is bad. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're calling me a derogatory term for black or whatever. Just to, sim- to simply be a black person is bad and considered bad to so many people who are non-black across mm-hmm. the globe. Yes. That you'll, you, we've all been in a situation where a non-black person is like, uh, bl- they're stumbling over saying black because yeah. they don't know if they should say it or yeah. not. Because when they say it at home, they mean nigger. Whether they say nigger or black or however they refer to black people, they mean it bad. Mm-hmm. So when they're then in our presence, we see them about to say black and it's like, can I say that? It's like, yeah, you can say it. Unless you really, you think I'm a fucking nigger. You really, you hate me. And that's why you're afraid to say black. And I think that because women and black women in particular are, because of the patriarchy, because we are marginalized, because we are seen as less than any word that means woman and more specifically any word that means black woman can be used in a derogatory way because we are so much, we are so often thought of in derogatory ways, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And so... I agree that I have heard people use auntie as a way to say that we are not equal. Mm-hmm. I am of more value in terms of intellectually. I am more valuable than you sexually and beauty wise because beauty does still hold value and power in certain instances, i.e. pretty privilege and shit like that. You are no longer a part of this discussion Like, Mm -hmm. you are no longer relevant. So I I do feel like there are people who use it to mean that. I just, I don't feel like it always means that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel like because people hate women and because people hate black women so much, I don't think that that means that we as a community should no longer call each other that. What I also want to say is, so we've been doing this podcast now for almost seven years. And so we were seven years younger when we started this podcast, Mm -hmm. right? And so our thoughts on this, our experience with it, and all of that, I would say, has evolved, even though we did just have this auntie conversation last year again. But... But yeah, things change and we shift and we think differently. And I think a lot differently about a lot of things than from when I started this podcast. And I will say that there have been times, I think sometimes when we talk about this podcast as people who are not automatically looked at and assumed to be aunties, Mm -hmm. right? Socially aunties. We know that we are both aunties to actual blood, nieces, nephews, nibblings. We know that we are blood aunties to people in our lives but in terms of socially we are not assumed 
I would say yet to someone is someone is not going to automatically just be like auntie da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like we are, I don't think yet in the physical age group because it is usually based on your physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Appearance. How old do you look? We don't always know how old people are who we're calling aunties. How old do you look? How old do we assume you are? Yeah. How how mature do you carry yourself or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that too many times, even though there is cultural weight to the way that we use the term auntie throughout the diaspora and as black Americans, I think that sometimes we are too dismissive of women over 40 yes. who have said I'm uncomfortable with this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's who the conversation should center. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I would like to hear more. I think the only times I really hear about auntie is when there are women who step out and say, hey, I don't like this. Don't say it. The challenge challenge for me has been... (sighs) <sighs> the times that I've heard people challenge it publicly, and by publicly I mean like celebrities and yeah. people with like a large um, circle of influence and following and shit like that, like it's like either some anti-blackness attached to yes. it, to why they don't want to be called auntie, specifically black Americanness, because Oprah was definitely like, yeah, it's okay when they call me auntie in Africa, but, but not, not here. here. Like what? I, that yeah, makes so- no sense here. Like, <laughs> as if we don't have any cultural foundation for exactly. that. I think that ageism enters the conversation sometimes where it's like yeah we can say auntie but only say it to old very old much older very women old, don't say yeah. it to me i've decided that like now someone that I'm who's clearly age, probably a grandmother like an older grandmother right. yeah then say it say it to them don't say it to me kind yeah. of thing and and kind of it's like it's always something that feels like it's missing from the conversation or it's always something added to the conversation that feels like weird. So I don't know. I have complicated feelings about it. I think that the older I get and the closer I get to um, physical auntiehood mm-hmm. or the closer I get to people knowing that I have been around for however many years and the closer I get to people deciding, okay, Janicia is an auntie now and we can publicly, even though I don't know her personally, I can call her auntie or whatever. I think the more I think about everyone's feelings about that term. Um, So Ava DuVernay, when she was talking about last year, when she said that she didn't appreciate the term auntie, uh, Van Lathan had called her auntie. Yeah. And I do feel like, so me as a person, I don't mind being called auntie, mm-hmm. right? There are adults who I am older than who, like I have said before, in podcasting, in terms of my knowledge, in terms of my experience, mm-hmm. in terms of whatever, like people who maybe I'd be an older sister to who would consider me auntie, whatever, whatever the case may be, I'm an actual blood auntie to people. So I've been comfortable with that for a yeah. long time. And I'm a social auntie to a lot of very young people. And I'm comfortable with that personally. Yes, right. Same. So within those contexts, I am comfortable with the term auntie. But I have to say, as I think about uh, Van Lathan, who, while I think is a very smart black person, while I think is a very smart black man who has contributed a lot to media, I've also heard him say a lot of misogynoirish shit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I would want to be sitting across from any man who has decided that they could call me auntie because there's a certain comfort and kinship there that I have to say I don't always feel with black men. Exactly. So if I'm sitting across, while I would be very comfortable with any non- 
man yes right any black non-man i would be comfortable with them calling me an auntie if it was done in love and respect and kinship while i would be comfortable with that i cannot say that i would be comfortable sitting across from a black man who i never i never met before who either i know how they feel about black women and it's not popping Mm -hmm. or i don't know and it hasn't been confirmed yet or whatever i don't know that socially i would be comfortable sitting across from a black man who has decided to call me auntie because then i'm thinking which is a a part of why socially the term queen not your name but the term queen Mm -hmm. i don't like it when people call me queen because i feel like in this country in in terms of that language in terms of that title or term queen or whatever it's often used to designate which women are worth respect and which women are not right so there's queens or bitches and that's it so it's either you're a woman who carries yourself a certain way with a certain regalness and you're worthy of respect or you're a chick a bitch a female and i can talk to you or about you however yeah right and i feel like auntie for a lot of black men, the way that that is used is to, is another um, designator is that, okay, you're not young enough for me to call you a queen, but I respect you. Exactly so I'm going to call you, right. So I'm going to call you an yep. auntie, which is in that context, it is desexualizing. It is, yep. it is to say that you are relevant, but not really in this kind of way. I feel like it adds as a sense of like, labor and service as well when a man says it because that's what I get like as soon as you let black men into the chat I was like okay yeah now 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 I have a problem right but that's how that I don't I will have a problem if a a man in particular a black man does call me an auntie who is not related to mm-hmm. me because it's like what right like what like the- I don't even know how you feel about me who, yet like as I don't a person even know you like I don't right. know you I don't I don't really be I don't have like lots of new black men in my life I don't really have a lot of black mm-hmm. men friends at this mm-hmm. point in my life the ones that I've had I've had since childhood literally so right. like why the fuck are you calling me an auntie like mm-hmm. I don't know you you know you know like yeah a lot of times it pertains to the work I do so it's right if why we are in contact with each other so like Mm -hmm. i would connect that to the labor and servitude and shit like that and i know i would not like to be called auntie by a black man if they were not related to me like what the fuck Mm -hmm. are you doing Mm -hmm. so yeah that blatant like as soon as you said black man (laughs) i listen back right i listen back to the episode so episode 211 we had a lot of strong feelings about the term auntie but it was we we have to say it was connected to this conglomerate of women who were talking about it at the same time right so Mm -hmm. it was Ava DuVernay, Gail King, Oprah Winfrey, and June Ambrose attached herself to the conversation. Yeah, but, but they, they wasn't, were they wasn't talking to her though. She just right, <laughs> right. But they were talking about how they don't want to be called auntie, and then there was like a social media post where they were crossing out the term auntie and all this shit. And and honestly, the thing that Oprah said to me was so wildly anti-black that it just it just put so much stain on the whole conversation. Whole and yeah. yeah, when I personally feel like there is cultural context for us relating to each other as black people in these familial ways because there is there is a kinship a family connection there because and first of all Mm -hmm. white people and white privilege is that they do treat each other like family you know what i'm saying yeah, like yes, they do they don't treat rule. each other like black yeah, family a, but yeah. they treat each other like family they protect each other they yeah. enforce white supremacy together they do it we've well. seen it on film we've seen them show up when they show up and they help the cops do some shit when they show up and they help other white people do evil horrible things yep. white people they've never met before they do this shit together yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so 
while they are speaking their own code in the name of evil, we are speaking our own code to support one another, um, to look out for each other and stuff like that. Yeah. Somebody I know mm-hmm. was at the bank. We were talking about like bank accounts or whatever. Somebody I know was at the bank was telling me a story about at, being at the bank or whatever. And they have like a, they have a joint account with someone, but they don't have access to know like how much is in it's that an account, account or yeah. whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So a black woman. So she's at the bank or whatever. And she was like, she wanted to know what was in the account. But of course that's, you can't just, because her name is not on the account, but she can ha- she can access it or yeah. whatever. It's really not for her to know. So she was taking some withdrawing money from the account or whatever, and it was another black woman across the counter. Yeah. And she was like, you know what? Do- can you tell me what's in this account? And the other black woman was like, you know what? Honestly, I can't. But I'll tell you one thing. He's not hurting. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and that is something that's black. Like a, yes. a fucking mm-hmm. a white woman sitting across from that counter. Number one, would you feel comfortable enough to ask, ask the question? Because you yeah. know that that's illegal or whatever. Is this going to get weird? Like, is she going to call what? the police? Because they're fucking- Yeah, what's going to happen? Is this going to be a weird conversation? And also, like, she's not going to tell you nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe the conversation doesn't get weird, but it will. But she's not going to tell you anything. But there is a kinship in the way that we treat yes. each other because we have yes. to because nobody has mm-hmm. us but us or whatever. But anyway, that's just the most recent story that made me yeah. laugh. But the problem with this okay. is that is white supremacy. And there are people who reject that kinship because a lot of us see freedom as aligning with whiteness yeah. and moving like how white people move. And I think that while there are black people of all genders who have broken that contract and that relationship and that familial kinship that we have with one another, Mm -hmm. um, I think that for me, in terms of where I feel safe and um, in terms of where I feel the burden of that broken contract, I feel it most amongst black men. So I don't I can't the comfort in being called an auntie while I am in most situations comfortable with anyone calling me auntie i do feel discomfort when i listened back to our episode and when i i remembered that ava duvernay was being interviewed by by van lathan yeah. a man who i have listened to be misogynist mm-hmm. right yeah and maybe his views have changed i was listening to his podcast he's still a black um, man though Yes. I was listening <laughs> to his podcast several years ago mm-hmm. and he did say misogynoirist shit and his point of views to me were quite misogynoirist. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe he's grown. I don't fucking know. But even though I didn't like the, the things and maybe the way Ava expressed her distaste for the term, mm-hmm. I can relate to a black man I never met. We're here in a public interview and, and you're, you're calling, calling me auntie? auntie? Who the fuck are you? I don't even know if you yeah. fuck with black women. Yeah. I don't know if you love us. I don't know if you fucking disrespect the contract that we have with one another as black family. I don't know your position. All that I know is that black men be wildin'. Men be wildin', period. But in terms of men, those are the only ones that I fuck with. Yeah. And oftentimes they be wildin' those down to... Those are the ones to... you are in kinship with, too. So those... Exactly. Like, and yeah. they often break the contract yes. of that black kinship yep. because... For whatever reason, they don't see me in the same way that they see other black people, other black people being men, right? So I feel like while culturally I I want to be completely comfortable with the term auntie, when I think about it, I am currently only comfortable with black non-men calling me auntie yeah. in, ter- in terms of people I don't know. Yeah. Like Z from Marsha's Plate Podcast has referred to me 
in several people in the baddie brigade but z is the only man in the brigade Mm -hmm. and he has referred to me as an auntie in some way and that's totally fine because i know z and i know where z is coming Coming from from and like all of that that. right i know how z feels about black women so that's not it's i didn't i I didn't even think about it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it's not a thing yeah but when it comes to opening the door for black men who i don't know their frame of reference, mm-hmm. how they're trying to relate to me or where they're coming yeah. to coming from, calling me auntie. Like it is it's a problematic, it's complicated. And I guess at for what what I want to do is be more more understanding and more centering women 40 and above in this conversation mm-hmm. of how do you feel about this term that most affects you? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's good. That's that makes sense. Yeah, but for me, I guess I, I have been really sensitive about it as a cultural term that black Americans use because people are always trying to tell us that our culture as black American people doesn't matter. Doesn't Even exist. though we know black people across the diaspora use these familial terms and relate to each other as family in these different ways, whether they're actually blood or not. Whenever black Americans do some shit, it's like, what are you doing that doesn't make any sense. You're not family. Why are you, yeah. you know, that whole thing. So that has made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I know I, now that we're talking about this kinship thing, I'm ha- still, like, happy you brought that up because I think that mm-hmm. is when I do have an issue. I'm thinking of the word sis. So I don't know if you remember months mm-hmm. ago when I was on the apps and this woman that I matched with on, I think it was Hinge, but one of her mm-hmm. things was like, don't call me sis. And I was highly offended by that. Do you remember? And right. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. I was high- and I know why now, because for me, it was like, you have decided already that we are not kin. Like in my mind, it's yeah. how I digested that. And of course, mm-hmm. logically, I'm always going to respect what someone wants to be called. I'm not going to just call her sis. And right. she said she doesn't. But when I saw that, it was just like, she's distracted. Like, she's she's pulling her contract. She's saying that she's not in kinship mm-hmm. with me. That's how I digested it when they were like, don't call me sis. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that is, because you're saying that, you're revealing to me that that has been my relationship with the word auntie. And although I'm always right. going to respect whether or not someone wants to be called that, I will never push that on anyone. But I do feel like a rejection of that kinship. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's not their shit. That's not something that, someone who does not want to be con- be called auntie should have to feel the weight of that's for right. me to you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i'm that's my rejection i shouldn't be making you feel away because i feel rejected right. in that right. moment cuz am i really being rejected you know mhm and not only that but as we talked about before how all of these labels for women for black women in particular can be weaponized we know that we have heard people say to call us sis or say sis in a way that they meant to demean and degrade exactly. us exactly you know what i'm saying like sis yep. mm-hmm. come on. like oftentimes mm-hmm. oftentimes that yep. word is weaponized oftentimes yes. that's, that's something that's what a black man says when he's about to mansplain some shit to you whatever because mm-hmm. yeah i don't like used... men saying sis to me i'm usually kind of like right Right, right. Unless I already know that you exactly. actually do believe that yep. we're family. Exactly. You actually do believe, you yep. actually do value the things that I have to mm-hmm. say. Yep. So, yeah, I do. I think that this is like loaded. And as somebody under 40, I don't I don't feel like I want to get rid of the term. But I also feel like how I feel about that shouldn't be weighted the same way as somebody over 40 saying, I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And I think a part of, as I get older, right? So like I said, we started this podcast seven years ago. We're seven years older now, whatever. Mm -hmm. The older I get in media, 
the more you notice how certain voices in media don't matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or out. valued less or they considered less relevant yeah. and shit like that. Because mm-hmm. like where where have we heard women over 40 in media talk about their... That's another thing that now that I'm talking about this or whatever, right? So we listened and I know that there are women over 40 in media who are not corny, right? Like... Lisa Ray and Vivica Fox oh, okay. and that conversation that they were they, that kind of really homophobic transphobic conversation that they were having about bisexuality and things of that nature right yeah but because as women the older you get the less the less relevant the mm-hmm. less valuable they stay you are seen you're considered to be because of ageism a lot of women over 40 in media are still playing to a younger audience yes and yes. women who i look up to in media outside of wendy williams who can't not say that she's over 50 or whatever right because mm-hmm. we know how long she's been in the game and yeah, like exactly if you are someone who can straddle the fence and things like that like a lot of women who have been playing to, I'm going to say, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say an urban audience, right? Because to me, what Claudia Jordan and Selena Johnson, like what they are doing, because they are the younger two of whatever that program is that we were watching. Mm -hmm. To me, they're not playing to an an urban audience. They're talking to black women, I guess, but that to me is not urban programming. And I guess by by urban, I'm thinking more people, I guess, yeah, people who are within hip hop culture and fuck with hip hop and like that shit or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like women over 40 who are allowed even to fucking do media within hip hop culture, right? Which is also aging, right? Even though hip hop, like I said, is aging and there are motherfuckers like in their 60s who grew up with hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you are of a certain age, it's like you're not allowed to play anymore. If you're a woman, right? You're Mm -hmm. not allowed to play anymore. Combat Jack, when he passed away, he was 52, I want to say. I don't know. There was a few ages floating around, so I'm not... Yes, there was this Hollywood age, which was five years younger, Mm -hmm. that was floating around. I think they said 47, right? Yeah, 47, 48, 49. Yes, yes, yes. When he passed away, he was 52. People still wanted him at their parties. People still wanted to fuck with him. People still thought what he had to say was valuable. Yeah. People still wanted to, would would fucking die to be in a fucking weed cipher with Combat Jack. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. That is not the same case for black women. Mm -mm. Like, it's just not... It's just not the same. So it's understandable that women over 40 within hip hop culture, right? And I'm just saying that as people who grew up with hip hop, their voices are not seen as valuable. And so oftentimes we don't get the voice of a mature black woman, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. Because the women over 40 in the industry are working to sound younger and to talk to a younger the audience. audience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, this conversation should center older women and we silence older, older women's women. voices. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We, and yep. even in our conversation about these women, Lisa Ray, Vivica Fox, Selena, um, Claudia Jordan or whatever on that particular show, they were saying wild ridiculous shit and unfortunately because at least vivica fox and lisa ray are carry a certain amount of influence like these are the voices that are are able to do this kind of thing and be centered in this way Mm -hmm. or whatever i did want them to shut the fuck up but i I don't think that we should be silencing the voices of older women in media Mm -hmm. and that's what i would kind of like to see more of and 
I think that it's unfortunate that we don't, there's not enough of variety of black women in urban media. Cause Oprah is not urban. Nope. Gail is not o- urban. Wendy's not um, urban. Not ooh. anymore. Wendy Williams isn't urban anymore. Right. Wendy Williams is not urban anymore. Uh, when she was urban, she even talked about how she wasn't urban when she was urban, when she did like yeah. work in urban and mm-hmm. move in urban spaces or whatever. I don't know Ava's life. June has been rich for a very, very long time. Yeah. And it, it's just like, there's not enough of us talking. There's not enough of us allowed to speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there are not enough older black women. And by, by older, I just mean women over 40. There are not enough women over 40 in urban media, in hip hop media, allowed to talk about being a grown ass woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I would like to hear more of that and more of those perspectives in these conversations. Yeah. Um, also, I have to admit, as someone who is like, we're all getting older, it is scary to be and live as a aging person as an older person in media Mm -hmm. like we're not allowed like there is a strategy like okay what do i do when i get older like how do i navigate this how do i present how do i be Mm -hmm. or whatever because people are afraid of it and if you're not already quote unquote on if you're not already um a millionaire or secured the bag yet then it's like can i talk freely right so this is something that like i want to see Right. This is something I want to see. But at the cost of what? Right. So what woman has to come out and and be the fucking trailblazer at the cost of a potential bag, at the cost of Mm -hmm. a potential opportunity, just so that it could be like, yes, I'm a woman of 40 in media, in hip hop, in whatever it is, whatever arena that I'm I'm trying to maintain influence and relevance in. Who has to catch that bullet so that Janicia can see a woman moving and doing and living over 40 over 40 you know what i'm saying yeah yeah who who am i expecting to make that sacrifice i don't know it's hard out here for a pimp but it's harder for the whole yeah thank you you're right <laughs> oh my gosh it is you're right it's harder oh, for the hoes literally sergeant war is everywhere <laughs> fuck yeah so anyway lisa thank you so much for this i think that all of this requires everybody to be more thoughtful and mm-hmm. i think that like it's easier when we can just say, don't say that. Say this. Don't say that anymore. Mm-hmm. Don't do that anymore. Cancel this person. Don't go here. Go there. Like when we can make it black and white, it's easier. It feels better. We don't have to think that much about it. But I do think things like this are not, unfortunately, they're not like black and white. It's not like, okay, nobody say auntie anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're not, that's it's just why like, they're recurring conversations. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're recurring yeah. conversations. That's why they always come up. That is why. And, and it's supposed to be a fluid conversation. It's supposed to be a mm-hmm. nuanced conversation. So I get now, not that I get now, but like when we first got it, I'm like, auntie again, ah, blah, blah. But like, no, mm-hmm. it's a recurring conversation for a reason because it requires yeah. a revisit. It requires a new examination. It requires me to expand my thought you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i don't even think if we if we didn't have this conversation i wouldn't have thought about the rejection that i feel when Mm -hmm. when people separate from the word auntie or sis or girl um not not in a gendered sense but in Mm -hmm. the like kinship sense that i do feel like some kind of like oh so are you saying that like (laughs) we're not family and that's something Mm -hmm. i probably wouldn't examine if we didn't revisit the conversation you know right facts 
Because I just want you to be my auntie. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, because I just want you to be my auntie. <laughs> That's what I want. I need aunties. I need to be an auntie. Right? Like, that is important to me. Yes. It's an so important social construct it to me. Is. And I don't want to lose it. And, and when I'm saying, when I'm calling somebody auntie, usually it is endearing. Unless you're being homophobic. Yeah, then it's like... Then it's not endearing. Then it's like... It, you know, with love, maybe. Yeah, but don't it's be like, like that. Know. I'm not gonna call you that other word that bonds with itch. So I'm gonna keep it here. That part, you know, that part. But yeah, thank you again, Lisa. Lisa is also a professor of something very smart that I don't remember. <laughs> but I just yeah, know it's at so the University sure of Virginia. That's it. Yes, make That's sure it. you're following Lisa at Black Women Stitch. Thank you so much for this. You want to take a break? Yes, let's take a break. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. Hey. Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like giving black women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh yes, yes. We do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website, tvwithqueenandj.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. And we have two options there. So two! Can, two! You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. And we're black. All the motherfucking time. That's right. Here at Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, we love highlighting black women-owned businesses in an effort to pay black women and get black women paid. This week's sponsor is Love Lavender Shea Organics. They are a black woman-owned body care brand that we are in love with right now. Yes, we are. Love Lavender Shea Organics was originally developed to foster the needs of travelers who love organic and natural products. Items at lovelavendershade.com are sized for people on the go. I hate clutter, like passionately hate color, and love that the products are efficiently sized for my space. Through research, Love Lavender Shea Organics was created as an all-encompassing natural skincare company to enhance your skin without harsh chemicals and greasy buildup while cultivating self-love and sustainability in all of their products. That's right. LoveLavenderShea.com incorporates a few of their key ingredients to achieve perfectly healthy skin. These ingredients are shea butter, vitamin E oils, essential oils, and a lot of love. They call this their custom blend. Love Lavender Shea products are formulated to reduce inflammation, hydrate skin, rejuvenate damaged skin, and aid in combating fine lines and age spots. I am loving their luscious lavender and shea whipped butter is smell smells mad good you know i love lavender you everything do. i have is lavender you do. yes only thing i don't like about lavender is like eating it people like to put it in fucking cakes and like teas and stuff like that not not, not in like east jam. new york 
Thank oh, God. Good point. <laughs> That's not really my jam, but I do love lavender scents everywhere else. So it smells delicious and it feels amazing on my skin. Incorporating love into everything they do at lovelavendershade.com, 10% of each purchase goes towards charitable contributions and their scholarship that helps graduating high school and college seniors. This month's charitable contributions will go towards girls going global, empowering girls to be global citizens. Love Lavender Shea is a plant-based company striving to help you achieve your skin's natural glow, and all products are packaged in a sustainable TSA-approved container with personalized travel reminders like don't forget your deodorant, because you know people do that, and other cute shit. People is me. (laughs) (laughs) Visit lovelavendershea.com for body care products made for you. Okay. Do you want to get into some news that's not news? Let's do it. I guess even though we were free, we were still slaves in the mind. Message. All right. Our news that's not news segment is a segment where we highlight news stories that either have been undercovered in the mainstream media, so not really talked about at all, or they've been covered in ways that don't necessarily connect with us as womanist race nerds, or it's a news story that has been covered enough that we want to underscore and highlight here on Tea with Queen and J podcast. Queen, what is our news that's not news story this week? So this week's news that's not news story is hashtag NSARS, S-A-R-S. And I actually started to come across this hashtag about two weeks ago. I do on purpose follow um, a few people from the continent just so I can get an influx of info. I do enjoy South Africa and Nigeria Twitter. It'd be funny there. Like when I want to escape black American Twitter and I'm like, oh, this is funny. Okay, whatever. This backstory. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Those are the those are the threads that be hilarious, and you follow them along, laughing, laughing, and then <laughs> then they start speaking their own language, language and, and then like, I'm like, oh, damn, okay. I gotta go. Let me just this go back. This was cute. This was yeah, cute. Yeah, like, oh, damn, I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening no more. That's exactly what happens every mm-hmm. fucking time. So, um, this guy that I follow who actually lives in Nigeria, he just kept retweeting, 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 and, and I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is happening? At this point, as far as my Googles are concerned, it has become a little bit more of an international story, national meaning. We are hearing about it in the U.S. a bit more, mm-hmm. which is great, but it's just, it's a lot. So I'll just tell you what SARS is and what all of this stuff is. So mm-hmm. in Nigeria, there have been lots of uprisings, protests, and people who are protesting against SARS existing. So that's what's been happening in the current two weeks. And I'll let you know what SARS is. So this is from HRW.org. SARS was formed in 1992 to combat armed robbery and other serious crimes. So this is like a police force, a unit in their police force that was specifically organized to combat robberies and other serious crime. But yet, Mm -hmm. since its inception, the unit has allegedly been implicated in a widespread human rights abuses, including extrajudicial killings. Torture, arbitrary arrests, unlawful detention, and extortion. Many Nigerians feel that the unit has deliberately profiled and targeted young people, especially those with tattoos, dreadlocks, and visible possessions such as phones and tablets and laptops and things like that. Over the years, Nigeria authorities have repeatedly promised to reform SARS and ensure accountability for abuses by its officers, but this has happened with no result. So at this point... 
people of Nigeria are like fed up and it's like dissolve SARS, SARS, you know, basically mm-hmm. similar to how we are reacting to our police brutality here in the States. They are reacting to the police brutality that was happening within Nigeria. Nationwide protests begin October 8th, 2020. So that's how long these protests have been going on for them to abolish this. And what sparked the specific uprising of the citizens of Nigeria, the people of Nigeria, was that there was a video that surfaced online on October 3rd that allegedly shows a SARS officer shooting a young man in a Delta state of Nigeria. It's not clear when this shooting happened and things like that. They just know that that, that's the date that it surfaced because Mm -hmm. of the amount of basically fuckery from the SARS unit. Who knows when that happened, who that, you know, right. like stuff like that. Those details mm-hmm. aren't there. So that's what generated the hashtag in SARS. That's when all of the um, young people just took to the streets of Nigeria and was like, fuck this shit. We got to end this shit because this is fucking ridiculous. A lot of the response to these protests have been tear gas, water holes, you know, just the some of the similar things that we have seen here. Um, within the states, there have been detaining people in large numbers who have been protesting. I myself have seen videos of, you know, I'm a black American person, so I don't have the mm-hmm. context. I've never been to Nigeria, but I have seen videos of protesters who were queer Nigerian folks who were talking about queer black lives. Um, mm-hmm. Queer black lives now specifically is what I saw one person saying and under that thread, everyone was just scared for, like, highly scared for these people lives, specifically because they know mm-hmm. that they're queer in Nigeria. They're, mm-hmm. in quotations, out on themselves. And queer people have also been a very big target of SARS. They don't mention it in this article. They make it just seem mm-hmm. as if it's just like if you look a certain way. But yeah. queerness is also something that they have targeted within mm-hmm. SARS that I don't really, from social media, I see them highlight. I don't see them highlight when it comes to like looking at these videos and things like mm-hmm. that. So that's what I've been seeing on social media. That's what they have been protesting. So the government did announce on the 11th of October that they were going to disband SARS. Mm-hmm. And the specific statement I got from BBC so in a statement on Tuesday, Mr. Adamu said all SAR staff will undergo a psychological and medical examination before further training and redeployment. So they dissolve SARS in quotations. I'll get further mm-hmm. into why I say in quotations. The new special weapons tactic, that's the new police force that they, the new sector of that police force mm-hmm. that they special created. Special weapons and tactics. Yes, mm-hmm. special weapons and tactics, which they call SWAT team with filling the gaps while they dissolve SARS, which, like I said, there have been several attempts to dissolve SARS that have went nowhere, that have gone nowhere. Mm -hmm. So the people of Nigeria do not trust that. They know that's a farce. They know that shit is not real. So now that hashtag has sort of morphed or kind of coincides with the hashtag and SWATs. Because y'all have already said y'all would have done this many times in the history since y'all created SARS and nothing has happened. So those are the two hashtags right now that you could kind of look into if you want to follow this story. Look for in SARS and in SWATs. So here are some times, I guess to give you some specific of times where they did say that they were going to disband SARS and they did not. So the last time... I'm going to just read from the BBC article, so it's just a lot mm-hmm. more clear. There have been earlier attempts to perform the Notorious Squad in 2018. Vice President Yemi Osimbahu ordered that its management and activities be overhauled, but that didn't go anywhere. Then last year, a specifically formed presidential panel 
on a reform of special anti-robbery squad, recommended reforms along with the dismissal and prosecution of named officers accused of abusing Nigerians. Uh, obviously went nowhere. And at the time, President Buhari gave the head of police three months to work out how to implement the recommendations, but critics say little change. Previously, police chiefs ordered a reform of SARS in 2017 in the aftermath of a viral video of a man allegedly killed by police, and also in 2010 when instructions were given to disband satellite offices. Yet the unit has continued to exist despite these announcements. So because of this continuous talk of reform or disbandment mm-hmm. and it not actually happening i am now seeing on social media people in nigeria calling for the abolishment of police mm-hmm. and these ways that we have been doing here in the states which i can totally understand this is within a period of two years because one of them is in 2018 when they were supposed to disband and it's only been two years there's been like three attempts or three times that mm-hmm. they said within the past two years that they were going to disband and nothing has happened so right. now they have pushed it further further the conversation mm-hmm. further then- Right. You mentioned in 2010, but maybe that was just dismantling of certain offices. But no, no. Yeah. yeah I'm a, saying like within the past, for the past two mm-hmm. years, they have said they were going to do this and haven't. Right. So now the conversation, if you follow the hashtags in SWATS and in SARS has moved further to abolishing mm-hmm. abolishment. They don't specifically say abolish the police, but just like right. tear this shit down. Let's start over. Y'all mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? So we are kind of just seeing Based on my social media, based on these um, articles, because I'm not on the streets of Nigeria, so I don't want to say the same things, but it seemed like similar Mm -hmm. conversations are coming up out of this. I just want to make sure that I hold space again for the queer people in Nigeria who seem to be erased from a lot of these articles. But Mm -hmm. I am seeing on social media because queer people in Nigeria are big targets for SARS. And it definitely goes unquestioned because that's, that's something socially that's taboo and you know like things like that so you don't see a lot of that in the articles they're generally saying people with tattoos or dreadlocks or people who Mm -hmm. people that anti-blackness tells you are criminal right are who they are targeting but also Mm -hmm. they're targeting queer folks as well and i just want to make sure that i continue saying that because that is something that is Mm -hmm. happening so if you want to get more information on and sars and s-a-r-s E-N-D is the word. And in SWATS, just look for those hashtags. That has been helpful. There are lots of triggering images. The person who I first came to notice the hashtag from, I had to, like, mute them because they were Mm -hmm. retweeting everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was like, this is too much. But, um, you know, if you have the time, the the headspace to... uh, Go into the hashtag and see what's going on, seeing how you could support, seeing how you can support black people in Nigeria who are mm-hmm. being killed by the police. Right. Please do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facts, yo. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Definitely follow the hashtags and SWAT and SARS. And if and, you have, um, I guess, information that I left out, because like I said, mm-hmm. I'm getting information from white media and I'm getting information from online, which I can't really vet what is the real and what is the not. Please let us know. That'll be very Mm -hmm. helpful for us as well, since we are using our platform to talk about ending SARS and ending SWAT. Facts. Facts, facts, facts. Nigerian tea friends, hit us up, yo. Word, yeah. Please do. All right. Let's pay black women. Mm -hmm. Give me your fucking money! Our Pay Black Women segment is a segment where we 
highlight black women owned and run businesses, initiatives, GoFundMes. If you're a black woman who needs money for a new couch, you need lunch money, whatever it is, quote unquote high, quote unquote low, whatever the fuck it is, Mm -hmm. we are here to hold space for that. You are welcome to submit a pay black woman for yourself, for a friend, whoever. This is where we highlight that shit. We know that black women includes trans women, cis women, whatever kind of woman you are, you are welcome to participate in our pay black woman segment. We also open this segment here at Tea with Queen and Jay podcast to AFAB non-binary folks. If you are an AFAB non-binary person who would like to be featured in this segment, you are welcome to submit yourself. Um, You can submit another AFAB non-binary person. We respect everyone's pronouns here. So we will not refer to that person as a black woman. Whatever your pronouns are, we will respect them in that segment. This segment, like I'm saying, is open to AFAB non-binary folks as well and we respect all pronouns here at Tea with Queen and Jay in solidarity with the indigenous community we also include indigenous folks Mm -hmm. in our pay black women segment so if you are an indigenous woman or AFAB non-binary person you are welcome to participate in our pay black women segment everyone you can send your submissions for pay black women to tea with queen and Jay at gmail.com you can submit yourself or you can submit someone else just please remember that tea with queen and Jay, we are also black women. If you are someone who can afford to advertise or sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, we ask that you please do that. We're not checking your pockets. If you hit us up for pay black women, we're not looking like, oh, they look like they can afford advertising. We're not doing that shit. We just ask that you please respect the space and know that if you are seeking advertisement and can afford to pay for ad space, we ask that you do that. Yes. We are black women. We deserve to be paid as well. And uh, yeah, that's the spiel. (laughs) So who is our pay black woman for today? This week's pay black woman is Tiffany. And Tiffany says, hi, my name is Tiffany. (laughs) And I'm writing you from my hospital bed. I'm hoping this works because I could really use the help. So I moved back to Chicago from racist ass Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Woo interesting interesting i only know that because i lived in i know i know i I don't know what i would think that that was like what the (laughs) who named that gosh and they got a problem with taquana and and there's a whole last name (laughs) fuck out of here okay (laughs) (laughs) fuck out of here oh Oh, all right back to the letter so i moved back to chicago from racist ass my friends Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Thank you. And was Uh planning on moving in today until I fell down the stairs and broke my ankle. All of my money is going to the move and now I have this iffy insurance, if I get it. Plus, I know I'm going to be fired from my new job because I'm missing days due to moving and now my foot. I hate asking anyone for anything, but I need help. If possible, my cash app is dollar sign pick in my fro. Anything can help, especially since I live on the second floor and my apartment is bare. Thank you again. You guys are awesome. I'm a new listener, but I do share your podcast on my Facebook and IG, mainly on my Facebook, because if people think they can be racist assholes, they got another thing coming. But keep up the work you do. I and others listen and the I May Destroy You episode got me through hospital time without going completely off you guys are special and i thank you for changing the world and f the cishet white ass patriarchy thanks again tiffany 
All right. Um, Thank so you, Tiffany. Thanks, Tiffany, for that. I'm like, oh, my God, that is a lot that you are going mm-hmm. through. And I affirm yeah. that you will get through it healthy and with some coin. So your cash app will be in our show notes. And I'll just repeat it again for, like, people who may be driving and shit like that. Their cash app is dollar sign pick in my fro. That's right, yo. Please break Tiffany off if you got it. We appreciate that. White person, have you paid a black woman this week? No. If not. If not. Yeah, probably not. Probably so not. Send, so here's a black woman. <laughs> send Tiffany some guacamole to help her through as she heals from surgery. All right. You ready to get into the pit? Let's get into it. I... The pit. <laughs> Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. The pit is where we throw people, places, and things that are trying to fuck with our black ass, black joy. Sometimes it's like just something that made us upset that don't have shit to do with race. Sometimes it's something that's like actually legit fucking with us as a community of black people. Yes. And often uh, more specifically as um black uh, non-men people. So um, let's get into the motherfucking pit, yo. Queen, what do you have? So the black men entertainer rapper people. <laughs> oh, they are not okay, fam. They are not okay. They are they not are okay right now. wilding. They are the weakest link. Mm -hmm. They are... Loud and wrong. Loud and wrong. They are fucking ops. They are Mm -hmm. fucking plants. They are Mm -hmm. the feds. They are trumpets. They Mm -hmm. are... Look at the coons. (laughs) Look at the coons. Look at the coons. Yes. Yes. Look at coon and fur. That was a good song. But anyway. (laughs) What the fuck so first is ice cube who is clearly a plant um Mm -hmm. i will admit that when they first announced that ice cube was doing this what is it the silver plan or the platinum plan or there's the platinum plan um and it's the contract with black america okay first i would like like my you're frozen (laughs) like this so i don't know what you just said i didn't say anything i was listening to you okay uh but it's it's appropriate that i was frozen like that Uh, First of all, Ice Cube, I don't want my liberation to be tied to a package that sounds like a fucking vacation package. <laughs> like mm-hmm, the platinum mm-hmm. plant. No, I, that's right. what do you, that's such a hip hop thing. Like mm-hmm. it's better because it's platinum. Like mm-hmm. what are you saying? But okay. Yeah. So first, I want to say that I don't pay attention a lot to what black men say in entertainment. I don't pay attention mm-hmm. a lot to what black men say. Period. Because a lot of time it is not helpful for a non-man person like me. Right. right. So I didn't understand the context, fully the context of like when he when it dropped that he had had these conversations with Trump. I was just like, so like, duh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, of course he did. But mm-hmm. it was brought to my attention actually from Micah from the Brown Liquor Report. He's like, he's been parading for weeks telling us not to vote. And then mm-hmm. now he is like talking to Trump. Like This is a clear mm-hmm. this is like a clear voter suppression strategy and right. i know that so, like, rod has been saying that he, this is this he's a fucking plant in his way like he has yeah to be, rod like, from the black guy who yeah tips. Mm-hmm. yeah before he spoke to trump though right so he had been parading this like should we vote like they need to come and talk to me and like this is the contract for black america the contract of which he did not speak to or include any black any women black. or queer folks nope. in the dialogue and when he was challenged on that he was like um 
yeah, well, come on. We definitely would love to have blah, 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 blah. It was a very white thing to do, yeah. right? And I say that because I have been places where white folks have not included black folks or any people of color on whatever panel they were doing or working on or whatever the fuck decisions white people were deciding to make oh and not included all the people who were relevant to this the decision and then after you bring it up it's like oh well oh, come yeah. have a seat come have a no, seat no i shouldn't have to that raise my hand and remind you, you that i panel, exist remember yes and they were like well there's a seat <laughs> there's right a there. seat right here. Here. i'm like yo all five of y'all none of you hoes thought <laughs> That a panel about women in podcasting should include a non-white person of any variety. Um, and then they offer the anyway. empty chair. Right? Are you do you know how condescending that shit is? Oh, I'm so gosh. everybody else was invited here. They got their names on shit. I'm supposed to walk up right now. I'm supposed to hop on the stage. Come get the fuck out of here. But anyway, oh, his answer movie. was very and, and and for people who are like who don't understand how degrading that is after the fact it might sound nice that he was like oh yeah well we we want to have women involved but you didn't you didn't consider us at all all. you didn't consider women you didn't consider lgbt folks you did not consider they never did consider disabled black people disabled black folks (laughs) right there's no consideration for us in the planning of these things because it is very much black men need to be centered in this. They haven't seen enough black men centered in these conversations because there are black women who have been doing this work. Yes. There was no collaboration with people, with activists or anybody who is already like doing this work, right? Because your role, yes, you have mad influence, which is why you showed up at the final hour and started doing stuff and people are listening to you and people are giving you a platform. Yeah. You are somebody with all of this influence that activists and people whose names you don't even know, no. who understand things and know what they're doing, could use this. But instead of contributing to these people already doing the work, activists, organizers, instead of contributing to that, these egomaniacs have decided, yes. I am the one. I am the person you who are, needs to do yeah, it. I am the one. Real. And we had this conversation conversation we had this conversation in june when everybody was scrambling for something to do when we were all in quarantine we saw what happened to george floyd and everybody people who were not usually active were feeling compelled and called to be active and so a lot of people were like talking out of turn a lot of people were saying the wrong thing doing the wrong thing or whatever and i was saying yo there are activists and organizers in your neighborhood who have been doing this work Go help them. Look for them. You know what I'm saying? Talk to them. See what they've been doing. Like the work is existing and this kind of feeling that if I haven't heard about it, it doesn't exist. We have too much access to the internet and too much fucking knowledge at reach of our fingertips to really run around still thinking that if you haven't heard of it, this thing doesn't doesn't exist. exist. It doesn't exist. So Cube is in a pit. Um, Diddy is also someone who is very known for being all up in the videos and he's doing that shit again fucking again so he Mm -hmm. tweeted that he was launching the our black party a few weeks before the election (laughs) like actually no we are voting now we are voting now the last day to Mm -hmm. vote is the third right Mm -hmm. so while we are voting he says you know i have launched this party and I was already annoyed by the conversation because I already saw people saying, we need to have our own parties. We need to have a black party. And I, I don't like when I hear the erasure of our black history here in this country because we have created mm. parties. We have done mm. this work. We have been mm. doing this work. They didn't throw party on the end of Black Panther for fun. Thank you. <laughs> it was called the Black <laughs> Panther Party. They didn't throw that. It name. wasn't because they had free lunch it's that it was a party. Name. It's in the name, folks. <laughs> the name 
fucking name. It's in the name. <laughs> it's in the title. How do you miss it? I don't know. So I was already annoyed because I was seeing that conversation. We need our own party. We need our own party. And I understand yeah. that people know different things and this and this and that. And I was talking to someone on Twitter. It was a black woman who was, and I presented this. Like, we've had parties. We've mm-hmm. done this. And they're like, what's now? What's on a ballot? I'm like, do you know how much work it takes to get on a ballot? We have mm-hmm. to acknowledge what we have created and push for that stuff to happen. And that's what's not. We are right. why it's not where it's at. Because we are not. Ext- and that's, and it's. Of course, but due to the fall of white supremacy, but we're not accessing this information. We're not looking for this information. Like, just, I had Googled to see, I had Googled to find out about the Our Black Party before this this Diddy tweet, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But it was because I was like, I'm sure there's something happening right now. Let me Google and see what's happening right now. And that's how Mm -hmm. I came across that. And it's very frustrating for me to be fucking talking to motherfuckers on Twitter, which is an app Mm -hmm. that you need internet access for. And then you'll be like, but not everyone has access. Bitch, you Mm -hmm. on fucking Twitter. Like... Mm You're on Twitter. You're using yeah. the internet. I could see if I was standing outside and we were talking and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, whatever. Well, we're on. They're both on the fucking internet. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yep. Yes. So then Diddy says he launches this thing. And that annoys me because this party was actually created in January by Honorable Candace Hollinsworth, who was the mayor of Hatesville, Maryland. Also, Dr. Wes Bellamy, the national co-chair. He is the vice mayor of Charlottesville, Virginia. Honorable Stephanie Morales, and she is a part of the steering committee, the Commonwealth Attorney for Portsmouth, Virginia. And then Honorable Leah Webb. She's also a part of the steering committee, counselor of Binghamton, New York. And steering committee founder, um, and this person, at Forbes, the culture, I think this is the only person who is not like a person in politics or a politic-ass right. motherfucker. But they started when? this- When was it? In January. Mm. This started in January. January is still not long enough for them to have organized in ways where we could have like mm. all collectively known this, put this on a ballot, mm. had a candidate and all of this stuff in the ways in which we want for the future. But this was something that was already happening. Somehow, I'm not sure if he got in conversations with them or what i'm not sure how they connected but he presented Mm -hmm. it as if it was his so because of his rollout of i launched this thing people automatically were very i think rejected this because it's like nigga november 3rd (laughs) is a couple of days away and Mm -hmm. what like what is this what is happening what is this we already know that you're not a politic ass motherfucker why are you mentor having starting this starting this conversation Mm -hmm. a few weeks before the day when we decide who was you know like what like Mm -hmm. what are you what are you doing it makes me upset because he's dancing all up in a video and if he had rolled this out in a different way and said here you know like we do need a party this and this and that blah 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 and use his platform in a way that would be more productive to help Push this part, push this party, and also not make the first thought to reject it because it's like mm. motherfucker, it's bit, it's November third mm. around the fucking corner. Right. You know what right. I mean? So because of his rollout, because of him censoring himself, because of mm. him being an egomaniac, like you said, Cube was, and this is the same mm. thing. You present this, and people automatically reject it because the timing of it all. Because yeah, you're thinking I of think yourself, that- and you're not thinking about the community of black people. 
unfortunately certain only certain people rejected it even though i really do think it's more people with good sense than not but certain people certain populations of black people reject it and certain populations of black people are like yeah <laughs> and that's it that's <laughs> what true. happened they said yeah, yeah. we got a yeah. party and it's like yeah <laughs> when i'm trying to understand like just do it later can we just do this after the election like i know we can focus on more than one thing at one time but yeah. this is a very specific thing we're talking about voting there's a monster in the white house right now we have to get him out like i don't understand i don't understand why they don't want him out I don't understand. They are, they scared they are. Because capitalism, these are still very rich yeah. men who are respected at this point I, because they're rich black men. Because when it comes to this conversation, when it comes to the collective, when it comes to the community, Trump the, has, And these rich people are friends with him. I'm not, you can't tell yes, me that Ice Cube they are friends and Diddy, with him. that they haven't had they dinner are, and that's why they and, are. That's why they are plants. They are friends mm-hmm. with him. And there's no way that this person has been president for four years. Presidents happened (laughs) and four year terms and you mean to tell me that you didn't start to ignite and and think you should do something for black people as far as the political process Mm -hmm. until a couple of weeks before november fucking third like come on y'all are plants y'all are ops like y'all are y'all are doing things to distract to suppress to confuse to inflate to fuck Mm -hmm. with black people's emotions we don't have time for that shit right now right we don't. Yeah. We never have time for any of this shit. This is the definition of a distraction. <laughs> this is this is a distraction. Though. Like, what the fuck? So mm-hmm. Diddy's in the pit. I want to move on further to throw the man who claimed Atlanta was Wakanda, T.I. in the pit. Atlanta he- has been here <laughs> for us. <laughs> this Wakanda. Meanwhile, y'all got the biggest fucking Atlanta don't wage this. gap amongst the, yeah. the rich and the poor across the country but y'all wakanda fuck out of here so like Mm ti while he's going in the pit he had a album release party i've Mm -hmm. ti still sounds good by the way i'm gonna check that album out but go on had an album release party where i the picture that i not the picture the video i saw did not look fun it just looked mad crowded in germany okay they were they did not look lit you know sometimes you see like damn they wilding in this pandemic but it looked fun this was not one of those videos yeah (laughs) this just looks like a they're taking a risk for no reason for no reason yeah so for me it makes me upset and this is why he is a plant is it's like you already know that right now we're in the election time we already know the history not even history like recent history like we saw what Mm -hmm. happened with stacey abrams we know how voter suppression is in georgia we know that they go hard to make sure black people do not is here (laughs) for us you know they go hard to make sure black people do not get to vote in Georgia. And you have a fucking super spreader event. <laughs> yeah. That could like that puts black people at risk. That mm-hmm. we the rates of Rona, I don't have the specific statistics, but them shits are fucking high. Black people are dying in high numbers. Black people are becoming infected with the Rona in very high numbers in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they still out in the streets in that way I, I i don't get it but like for you to throw an event as the king of atlanta as you call yourself as the wakanda master right as mm-hmm. the person who i don't i don't know you think you're i don't know and you have a super spreader event while we are trying to vote right now yeah 
That initiative could have been used for something else. You could have turned that album release party into some other shit. But no, it has to be about you. It has to be about you making your money. So you put black people at risk for your fucking album. Like what? You're just like Trump with his weird super spreader events. Why Mm -hmm. are you doing that? Yeah, that's weird. That's like that's like biological warfare voter suppression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would have still listened to the album Ti. You're problematic. You would. He could have turned that. that into something else. People are literally online for hours right now. You could have made mm-hmm. something else with this time period for that. But you're so mm-hmm. fucking about yourself. You don't give a fuck about community. You instead had a super spreader fucking album release party. There's so much shit that you could have mm-hmm. did. And and roll this out differently. This is a dumbass, another dumbass fucking rollout by a black man in the rapping space. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Atlanta is here <laughs> for us. So, uh, T.I. Tip is in a pit mm-hmm. with his friends. And then, this was actually brought to my attention right before we started recording because... Yeah, I seen it last week and then I put it out of my mind because I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to survive. Survive! (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to survive. (sighs) Kanye, Kanye West, dropped a commercial for his... It's a campaign ad. His A campaign ad, yes. A campaign mm-hmm. ad for his run for presidency. And he specifically says yes. at the end to write him in on a ballot. Write in Kanye West on the ballot. So throw your vote away. Throw it away. Write in Kanye West to prove some sort of fucking point. Let me use the guise of this whole black party ship. I'm using mm-hmm. quotation marks. Y'all can't see me. Mm-hmm. Let's use the guise of black people be all we got. Let's use the guise of we need to do for ourselves. Let's use the Mm -hmm. guise of all of the stuff because that's what they're all doing at the last fucking hour to basically help your friend Trump win. Like, like, how is all of this stuff happening a few weeks before the election? They have Mm -hmm. been campaigning, these president people. They have been campaigning for how long? This person has been president for how long? They're like, at the last final hour? Coincidence? I think not. Y'all are fucking... Mm -hmm plans y'all are working for trump y'all are working hard to suppress the black vote and using the guise of community and black power and all of that shit to do it Mm -hmm. and fuck y'all y'all in the pit because what the fuck also kanye a lot of people already wrote you in last time so i did i wrote him in last time okay i mean thankfully i live in a blue state because i could play like that i like i play like that i had the privilege that was a privilege right yeah right but, um i voted everyone but nobody's doing that again get out of here with that no get out of here with that Mm-mm. i will write aretha franklin before i write not no, aretha franklin. oh my god <laughs> everybody vote it's not a right oh this is not a not this is not a games. game it's not a game it's not a game mm. and if you haven't learned from last time i don't know what to tell you except wakanda Lena's Wakanda. He did right. had a super spreader party. Yeah, I don't really get it. I don't either. I don't get it. So all of that bummed me out. So all the black men being loud and wrong, all the black politicians, and and um, I know that there are black men with good sense who are not for the fuck shit, and they are voting in this election for Biden Harris. And they are galvanizing other people to vote. Unfortunately, the loudest voices right now are the black male celebrities who are using their voices for evil. 
and are working to help Trump get elected. So that shit has been weighing on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. All the different ways in which I think that these specific black men have been dismissing and silencing the work of non-black men yes. in all of this in politics over the last four years when they could have been contributing and doing something. That's been irritating me and buzzing and poking at me a little bit. The shit with Megan, Tory Lane's existence and the ignorant things that people have been saying yeah. about her and about that and the fact that Tory Lanez would fix his mouth to pretend that that shit didn't happen Happen? that's been poking at me a little bit Mm -hmm. i think that sometimes as black women in a social media space who are talking to each other all the time Mm -hmm. like black feminist twitter or fucking whoever right um niggas like us and other people in you know adjacent directions or whatever we forget that this shit happens to us on a personal level yeah uh right so like as a black woman in my family i am And have been at times dismissed and silenced because of my black womanhood, because of the kind of black woman that I am by both the men in my family and women in my family. And I think that sometimes when we see it happening, like public scale, like in media and to people that we don't know, whatever, we forget that like this shit happens to like the black women that you know and the black women in your lives. Mm -hmm. Like it happens to us on a personal level and so all of these things just feel magnified when it's happening to me at home and when it's happening like at the same time i'm seeing this shit mirrored in public life Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like it feels it doesn't feel good and there are times when i feel it personally and there are times when i just ignore it and i don't feel it but i feel like Uh at least at least once or twice a year i feel invisible like as a black woman like Mm -hmm. i don't just it doesn't just feel personal and it doesn't just feel large scale like those things combine and they they like fucking hurt right and i would say those things happening and then Another thing that kind of like tips it over the edge is when these non-black women decide that they are black and that they want to appropriate blackness or like all of these things isolated to Janicia, to Jay, all of these things as isolated incidents don't matter to me. I live my life. I mind my business. I'm a bad bitch. None of this shit matters. Yeah. When there are moments when these things compound and they create this fucking super saiyan misogynoir ball monster. Yeah. And it's like, ah, it's all happening at once. Yep. So the, the thing that tipped it over the edge for me, and I just kind of wanted everybody to leave me the fuck alone, was J-Lo calling herself a black woman. So What's the line what? specifically. What's, yeah, I'm going to say, what happened? Yeah, I'm going to say the specific line. That she says she's on a song, a collaboration with Maluma, who is a Colombian artist. The song is um, called Lonely, and her line is Yo siempre seré tu negrita del Bronx. So she's saying, I'll always be your little black girl from the Bronx, or I'll always be your black girl from the Bronx. And I'm saying this as a person, I know school Spanish, so I learned Spanish. Mm-hmm. In school, and so there are times when I understand Spanish, and there are times when I have no idea what's happening. So I am not fluent, but I guess I'll say I know I'm survival Spanish. That's what I'll say, right? Survival Spanish. If I'm the only person in the group who has any understanding of of Spanish, we won't die. That's all I can say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I translate this, I'm translating this based on my knowledge of Spanish. My basic, I am not Afro Latinx. So based on my knowledge of Spanish. 
And based on the shit that I Googled, because I was like, did I hear this correctly? Did mm-hmm. I Am I misunderstanding what's happening here? Is something being lost in translation? So, yeah. So, basically, it translates to I'll always be your black girl from the Bronx, right? The negrita. So, the ita is like, what to me, when I read it, what makes it like either your little black girl. And I think that's a simplistic translation. Uh-huh. It, it, it can also, some people have seen it as meaning like brown, like not necessarily black, Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you're a brown girl. I'm not like white. I'm not or white. I'm basically, right. I'm spicy brown. I'm like, it's something going on, but it, that it doesn't necessarily have to mean black. Mm-hmm. So that argument, I also have to say that that argument that this doesn't necessarily mean black because people there were people who were trying to say, no, that's just an endearing term yeah, I've heard that. that people use to call that. Latinx women. And I have to say that I saw a lot of white Latinos saying that yep. shit. White and light skinned Latinx people were saying that yep. shit. And I also have to say that okay let's sure so that's something that you know people call themselves or say to each other as an endearing term to represent brown people and that it doesn't have to mean black women um i have to say that a lot of white and light-skinned latinx people do problematic shit you know what i'm saying so that doesn't this doesn't mean that that's okay yeah and i also want to say that there were a lot of afro latinx folks who were furious at this as well Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so regardless to how you look at it whether whether she was actually saying i'll always be your black woman from the bronx or whether she was saying i will always be your brown girl from the bronx or whatever the fuck she was saying there's an element of erasure of black erasure of black women erasure and i think that while we've seen this from white latinx people from mestizo latinx people Mm -hmm. while we've seen this from people like since we've been alive we've been seeing it and Mm -hmm. it's been heightened by our access to the internet and social media j-lo is 51 years old we're from the Bronx. She's from the Bronx. I have appreciated J-Lo, even though she's always been problematic. I am a J-Lo appreciator. I am not. We have seen her Italian. You are not. Yeah. We have seen her Italian ass looking Puerto Rican parents. Okay. We know what the fuck they look like. For J-Lo at this stage, even though she has played with black girl looks, even though she has... Again, done and said problematic things, right? For her to actually come out of her face and say, I will always be your black girl, I like, I don't want to hear it. Or I will always be your brown girl. However the fuck you interpret that, that shit is still erasing black women throughout the diaspora. Yes. I don't it's not it's not specific to black latinx women and that's another thing I think that people think that black black latinx women afro latinx women are different from black american women and other black people in the diaspora. Uh, I think that people think that fucking black and spanish is different than black and english that negrita and spanish is not the same fucking thing as saying black woman or even mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if it means brown woman. It's still an appropriating of black. It's, and still, it's still a fucking it's still it's still dripped in white supremacy. Like that's yes. not different. And then also in terms of Jello specifically, because I have You're not, not even brown. Not not even that. You have played white bitches. You have played white women. Mm-hmm. Like you will play a white person on right. a movie. Like, so you you understand your look and you understand mm-hmm. your whiteness. 
You know mm-hmm. that. You know that you can like in quotations play both sides. And that has right. always been my issue with J Lo. Like one minute you're mm-hmm. an Italian person, the next minute you're always an like it's always when it works for her. It's always when it right. and that shit is why I have always not fuck with J Lo. Cause it's like, what is it? Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. Cause you'd always just you follow, I guess, whatever the money says. Right now it's cool black girl mm-hmm. magic. You wanna say brown girl. Like you just follow whatever the fucking trend is, whatever magic, you're gonna get the bag from and you run with that shit you are what annoys me when it comes to when people do have the conversation about black latinx people when they talk about latinx people in a relationship between black i guess i would say specifically black americans and latinx Mm -hmm. folks you are the motherfucker that confuses motherfuckers you are the motherfuckers that feeds into that conversation because on a mainstream level people see you fucking play an italian and in the next Mm -hmm. fucking couple of years you're a fucking negrita like you mm-hmm. this is why i can't fuck with her what the fuck is it right. what is it you basically right. just following the bag you're basically just doing mm-hmm. whatever you need to do you're fucking i don't know if there's an equivalent of a word for coon in the latinx space but you're the no, you're the fucking coon because like, let's, let's talk that? about the bronx let's talk about the bronx right so we play together okay so we both grew up with Latinx people yes. in our communities who mm-hmm. played with us and who were in community with us. I don't feel like JLo was in community with me. How do you, as a, as a, let's pretend that JLo was brown. How do you, as a whole brown girl from the Bronx, how do you do a song about big booties with fucking Iggy Azalea? With, the with white, a whole fucking white whole bitch white from person. Australia. When you, you could do a song with any fucking black woman in the industry, in the music industry, and you'd elect, even when you rarely to never collaborate with black women in music or anything, yeah. you elect to, in this particular song about booties, and you know whatever booty you got is from the 3% African Afrodescendiente that you are, whatever. You elect booty. to do a that song was... about booties with a wow. whole white person with a fake booty and not any number of black women in the industry. You are not in community with us. So like, At even all. though there are white, there are white presenting Latinx folks from the Bronx, there are mestizo Latinx folks from the Bronx or mixed rather Latinx folks from the Bronx who are in community with black people. You mm-hmm. are not in community with us and you have made that clear throughout your experience in Hollywood. So you're yes. not even somebody who we could say like, yeah, that was inappropriate, but they are in community. You're not in community with us. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not. not. You're not. Even the conversation of watching on Twitter the Latinx folks who were saying, oh, that's not what that means. It doesn't mean black girl. It, it just it can mean brown. It's an endearing term that can mean brown. And I, I do believe that there is Afro-Latinx and black erasure in that. I also think that because there were tweets saying, if you're not Latinx, don't, I don't want to hear you say anything about it. I also think that because light skin and white Latinx people like to assume that Afro-Latinx people or that black people don't, don't exist, exist within the Latinx community, that there's assumptions that the only people bitching about it were black American people when in reality, reality. there were Afro-Latinx people all across the timeline and that's where I saw that's it and that's I who I even too. learned this was that's happening from who were saying this is erasure. I am not okay with this and they speak your fucking language and they were in community with you when you white and, and fucking light Latinx people were calling each other negrita and then pretending that black, black Latinx people, Afro-Latinx people Didn't don't exist. exist. So however you cut it, however you slice that shit, it's erasure of black latinx people of women specifically of black women specifically and what even bothered me more about this is that it's this way of saying she's not saying that i will always be a black woman from the bronx right or i will always be a brown woman from the bronx she's saying i will always be yours there's this like cute 
flirty. It's a, it's a, you know, it's like a, it's a love. I haven't heard the whole song, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming it's some sort of love song or whatever. But the way that she says this line, I will always be your black girl from the Bronx. It's this cute, loving, endearing, I'm this beautiful thing that belongs to you kind of thing. And black women and Afro Latinx women, one in the same. I'm just saying both yeah, or whatever. I know. Are not seen as that. Mm-hmm. Are not seen as this beautiful, delicate that will always be yours and belong to her. So and belong to you. So even in the words that she's saying, it's not just this erasure of black women, but it's the, this replacement and erasure of a black woman who is so rarely seen by anyone on a global stage or specifically within their own community, even as this little beautiful, delicate thing that will always be yours from the Bronx. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Black women from anywhere, black women from the Bronx specifically, are often. On on a global scale are not seen and referred to as this beautiful delicate thing that will always be yours so this this thing or or that anybody would even want you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so the way that she says it in this delicate loving way as she stands there with her straight blowout looking like a fucking white woman it was really painful to me in conjunction with everything else that has been happening in terms of the erasure of black women throughout the diaspora from the conversation of anything whether mm-hmm. we're talking about politics, beauty, at fucking home, wherever the fuck. It just I was just feeling the weight of it everywhere. And that that shit is personal. And there's also this feeling from, I believe, white folks, white Latinx, white white folks throughout the fucking diaspora, right? Mm-hmm. That somehow we're not supposed to be connected to each other's erasure or discomfort or whatever and so me as a black american person i don't feel i don't i don't look at that and and see it as something that is just amongst um, or she's only talking to or dismissing afro latinx person or black latinx women that's an erasure of black women period and i feel that shit okay i feel that shit just the same Mm -hmm. so I'm throwing fucking J-Lo in the pit. I'm throwing that fucking, that whole line in the pit. I'm throwing that song in the pit. I'm throwing everybody who tried to fucking Latin explain that it's okay to say Negrita to just, just because it's a tradition, just because erasure of black folks is a tradition, just because anti-blackness is a tradition tradition doesn't mean it's okay. That that doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean it's okay. And it's fine to re-examine words and be like, yo, maybe we shouldn't, there's so many words in and I'm going to talk as a black American. There's so many words right. that we have revisited and was like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be saying this. Or we like mm-hmm. realize the birth of something and we realize, you know what? This is outdated. Do that. That's totally fine right. to do too. Like what the fuck? Because, because you've been saying it forever means that it's something you should continue saying. Nah, that's not. Mm-hmm. No. Evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. That's my pit. And it, it bothered me. These things don't usually... I was so bothered by this thing that... In a way that I, I haven't been bothered by these things really like this before. But it was the fucking Super Saiyan trifecta, multi-fucking-fecta, faceted fucking fuck of everything that everybody is doing right now in this really bonkers time. And J-Lo is 51. Okay? Which means you never, she's old enough you to know better. In, you're old enough to know better and we're old enough to know that you are fucking, your parents look Italian and that you are not in community with us. You haven't you been. You have proven it over and over again that you're not in community with us. So you have no ground to stand on. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Hold on, Brooklyn is playing Pop Smoke because they have to. Hey. <laughs> Why not? Why not? There's music in the background. Yes. And uh, we're recording in New York City. Yeah. In our apartment. Somehow. This is what it is. This This is is happening. But we have done a show. 
We have done a motherfucking show. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We are on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can check out our website, T with Queen and J.com. And you can send us your T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us something dope, our P.O. box is in the show notes. Just please, yes. um, if you could send us a T mail and let us know that you sent something, because we actually have to go and pick up stuff from the P.O. box. And because yeah. of COVID, we're not in the streets and doing that super duper often so just give us a heads up so we know that it's coming and so i also want to make sure that if i notice i didn't get something i could be like hey i'm expecting a package can you look for my shit please so yeah if you could just let us know um when you send us something so we could be sure to look out for it we appreciate that i hate the post office but still save the post office save the post office save the post office save the post office that's one of those good jobs that everyday folks can fucking get yo we need to have jobs like that save the fucking and a lot of office. those government jobs in that capacity have been helpful for building wealth in a black space right and they're trying to fuck with those there's a reason for that there's a there's a reason for that so yes. yeah so save the post office also please tell us when you send things to our p.o box so we can make sure that our packages are saved yes all right, so what um, hashtag you fucking with this week, Jay? Um, I think we should use uh, NSWAT, hashtag NSWAT, hashtag NSARS. Yeah, yeah, let's fuck with that. Sounds good. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia with editorial support from a black girl named Sam. T with Queen and Jay, we turn up responsibly. Ow. Ice Cube ain't shit. Donald Trump ain't shit. That platinum scam ain't shit. If Donald Trump really wanted a black person to help him write a black agenda, then he should have gotten some fucking experts instead of a know-nothing rapper who doesn't know shit about how shit works. When I asked his motherfucking ass about black women being in his goddamn contract for black America, he didn't have a motherfucking answer for why there was no black woman involved with the contract for black America. It has nothing in there about black children. It has nothing in there about the LGBTQ community. When there's a there is an epidemic of violence against black trans women and Ice Cube is the motherfucker that's gonna help Trump figure this shit out after the motherfucker been president for almost four years. Are you kidding me? It's a joke. It's a scam.